The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. Mortgage Women Magazine. It's where women's voices are heard. Find it free at www.mortgagewomenmagazine.com. Economists tend to agree that a recession is still coming. It's just a matter of when. But mortgage industry experts say talented LOs can actually use that to their advantage. Welcome to The Principal. I'm Mike Savino, head of multimedia for National Mortgage Professional. And today you'll hear an interview between NMP staff writer Katie Jensen and MBS Highway CEO Barry Habib. Barry tells us what a recession would mean for the mortgage industry and how you can use it to drum up more business. I'd like to get your opinion, first of all, on what you think this year holds. Do you think we're heading into a recession? So a lot of things there. So number one, we don't have to spin it because it really is an optimistic year. Mm-hmm. And so as you know, as we, we've been, we, we, we called the recession that would be around this time. We called that over a year ago. Mm-hmm. So the timing looks to be about right for our call. Um, we actually correctly forecasted the previous one. January of 2020, that was before the pandemic too. And all of our indicators are pointing to that. But you have to break down factually what happens during recessions. So interest rates decline during recessions. But in the last six recessions, they've declined every time, both during and after the recession. And I'm going to explain to you what happens with housing in just a minute as well. But other recession indicators that we're seeing is the yield curves have been inverted <clears throat> for now over seven months. You've got the widely used two-year and 10-year, that's like 72 basis points right now. But even the, the other yield inversions in like the 10-year to one month, the 10-year to three months, the 10-year to one year, they're all in the range of 100 to 120 basis points. It's very unusual. So what, that, you know, what you have to remember is this, is that when the Fed hikes rates, People think that drives mortgage rates. It doesn't. Like we've always said, in the last two months, the Fed's hiked by 125 basis points and mortgage rates have come down by more than 1%, between a, one and an eighth to one and a quarter percent. And that's because mortgage rates are driven by inflation. Mm-hmm. So when you have a recession and things slow down, inflation declines. And we are seeing inflation drop. You know, we made a very important call. We back in June last year, we said that watch November 10th. That's the date that you will see rates start coming down. And sure enough, exactly on that date, we are starting to see inflation and mortgage rates come down. So we've got another one that you should be marking your calendar for, and that's May 10th. And we think that you'll get a big acceleration in the decline in mortgage rates. Our call last year, <clears throat> at the end of the year, while everybody was talking about 10% rates, and we were at seven and a quarter. We said that mortgage rates are going to get to 5% in the first half of 2023. And so we're halfway there so far because, you know, we've come down about 1%, but we do see that continuing to decline. There's a lot of reasons for that. You have to look a little deeply at the way the inflation reports work. And we're seeing both real-time data come down as well as the way inflation works. You'll get the most recent 12 months. So as you get new data, you remove 13-month-old data. 
And those are very favorable comparisons to show the year-over-year readings come down. So you're going to see inflation drop in a meaningful way over the next few months, and that's going to bring mortgage rates down in a meaningful way. So it means a few things here. One is that you're going to unleash a horde of additional buyers into the marketplace. That's important to note because at 5%, you'll have about 1.5 million more people on the side that can afford now to And homeowners that can now be in a move-up position will increase by about 3.5 million. So clearly not all of them will take action, but it becomes a much larger pool. And the reason why that's so important is because if you take a look at current levels of inventory, it's extraordinarily tight. You look at overall inventory, there's 970,000 units for sale right now. However, what's included in that, 280,000 of those are currently already under contract. So you can't buy those. They're going to close in the next few weeks. But active listings that you can actually purchase, there's only 690,000. That's very close to an all-time low. Mm -hmm. And it's about half of normal. So now you unleash this horde of buyers into a low inventory environment, and you're more than likely going to see price appreciation. You're also going to see more refinance activity. And that's because unlike mortgage rates, home equity lines of credit are driven by the Fed. So as the Fed has continued to push rates higher, home equity lines of credit have moved up. So a lot depends on the amount of cash out that you need, the amount of your home equity line of credit you're going to take, and the relative amount to your first mortgage. So, Katie, if you have a need for $20,000 to tap equity in your home, and you have a $400,000 first mortgage at 3%, well, it'd be crazy to refinance, even if mortgage rates come down to five. But think about this. So I've got a two hundred and fifty or $300,000 mortgage, not uncommon, but I've jacked up my credit cards. I've got a lot of other outstanding debt and debt levels in the United States have reached an all-time high. So if I'm going to pull 200000 out or 150000 out, if I choose the home equity line of credit methodology, well, true, I've got 3% on my first, but then on this large amount, I'm going to be paying 8%. So maybe, just maybe, I refinance the whole thing, give up my three, and now encompass it all into something around five or four and three quarters, because that may make more mathematical sense. This is all to say that we're going to see more purchase activity. We're going to see more refinance activity. It's not going to be 2020 or 2021, but there will be a meaningful improvement in the environment that we're going to see. And it's in the not too distant future. We've already seen an uptick albeit from very low levels, mm-hmm. but we're, we're, we are starting to see the very beginning. You know, we, we, we have the mindset of originators is exactly as you said, you, you hit it on the head. Mm-hmm. They're down, but they're also afraid. You know, they're, they're wondering, you know, is, is, is this right for me? Is this, you know, um, what, what's, what does my future entail? So a couple of things to think about. You know, let's just say if a mortgage professional were doing six or seven or eight transactions a month, they were doing extraordinarily well financially. But believe it or not, if they only do, depending on their loan size, two transactions a month, they still typically rank in the top 15% of income earners in the United States. Mm-hmm. So 
it's almost like where, where else am I going to go? Right. You know, the movie, movie officer, the gentleman says, I got nowhere else to go. You know, what else are you going to do? So they're in kind of purgatory here. You know, they're not making as much, but they're still making enough. So they have to stay in the game and the alternatives are not great, but they may have created a lifestyle that requires them to make some more money than this. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's very important now more than ever to not get down, to not withdraw, but to really lean in and to demonstrate that you understand these market conditions so you can be prepared when refinances increase. Are you really sharp on doing debt consolidation? Because that's where it's going to be. People have equity. You realize that today, if you took an average home, 58% of it is equity and 42% is mortgage. You contrast that to 2008, where only 19% was equity and 81% was mortgage. So there is a tremendous opportunity for equity withdrawal. But in addition to that, you have a lot of opportunity on the purchase side Mm -hmm. because the market is going to get hot and you have people just hibernating now. You have people that really do want to buy. Renting's not picnic, right? So. I want to buy a home or I'd like to, I'd like to get that home of my dreams. I really do. But I'm, I'm stuck because if I, if I have a 3% mortgage right now, you know, prices have gone up. So I got to pay more for the home. But not only that, now the mortgage that I give up is three and I got to go to something above six. That might be a little bit of a stretch. And man, it was really a stretch when it was over seven, right? Just a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. But if it gets down to five or four and three quarters, my desire to have what I want to enjoy life, to you know, fulfill the needs of my family by way of a bigger home or a different home can certainly can override that increase in monthly payment. People have done that forever. So I think that you're going to start to see more activity that's going to occur. Okay. So there's reason to be very optimistic. And there's, there's one other aspect I'd like to just explain to you. I know I'm kind of giving you a lot here, but there's one other aspect. Mm-hmm. And that's the myths on affordability. Mm-hmm. So you constantly say, well, it's less affordable, it's less affordable. And, and, and if you take it in a snapshot in time, yes, it is true. So let's compare it to last year. Let's just say somebody needed to purchase a home and uh, we're going to take out a mortgage of $400,000. Mm-hmm. Now, last year they can get a three and a half percent mortgage rate. So now they're looking at a payment of eighteen hundred bucks a month. Don't miss California's largest mortgage originator show. The California Mortgage Expo returns to Irvine on May 4th and 5th. See us at CAMortgageExpo.com. Start your year with the best connections in the industry. Dozens of sessions, scores of exhibitors. It's where success is written every hour. CAMortgageExpo.com. Now, in order to qualify for that or on average income, we've got good data from Fannie Mae. You had like two income earners earning like $50,000 a year. So it's like $9,000 a month in income. Mm-hmm. Now, this year, things have changed. We know that the values have gone up 10%. So now I got to take out 10% higher mortgage, right? So instead of 400000 440 that's a problem. Mm-hmm. But more problematic is the fact that the rate's gone up from three and a half to let's call it six and a quarter. I think it's closer to six and an eight, but let's just call it six and a quarter. That means my monthly payment now has increased by $900 a month. And that's where most people get hung up. But it really is not in isolation because what we've seen occur is that incomes have gone up over the past year. 
Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we've got very good data on this as well from ADP. That's a payroll company, and they 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 measure an enormous sample size, 25 million records, right? That's that's enormous. So in that sample size, they say if you stay to your job, your income went up 7.3%. If you switch jobs, you went up 15.2%. So you know, more people stayed than switched. So they average it out to 9%. So round numbers here. Yeah, my payment went up 900, but my income went up 800. Mm-hmm. There is, however, one additional problem. I'm spending more for gasoline and I'm spending more for food and services due to higher inflation. Mm-hmm. That means that there's a disparity or a there's there's a gap of about 400 bucks a month less affordable. And that's where the market is right now in a snapshot. That's where people are. And they're like, you know, I want to do this, but man, it's 400 bucks a month more. And that's causing people to take pause. Once again, we can't look at things as if they're frozen in time. We have to, you know, Wayne Gretzky was a great example, right? His famous line was, don't go where the puck is. You got to go where the puck is going. That's where you skate to. So where is the puck going? Well, we know that incomes will not remain stagnant. And I know ADP said 7.3%, but if we just said 4 or 5% increase in income, you're in a position where you've now completely mitigated the difference in affordability. You're making more than 400 bucks a month. But there is another aspect. What if, what if we're right here, Katie? What if we are called for 5% mortgage rates, which we are very confident in? Mm-hmm. Is correct. Mm-hmm. Well, then you can make the argument mathematically that it is more affordable, will be more affordable sometime in 2023, probably by the midpoint of 2023, more affordable to purchase a home then than it was in 2021. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. Let me just ask really quick. Um, the buyers that are coming to the market, are these more move up buyers or will it become so affordable that now some first timers will be able to get in? Well, 31% in most recent data, 31% of purchases were first time home buyers. Now they remained kind of in that category. That number has vacillated between 26 and 33%. But it has clearly, since rates have gone up, when rates are at seven and a quarter, that number has gone from 26% to now, over the last couple of months, up to 31%. And I anticipate that that will continue to increase closer to 33 or 34% as we see mortgage rates decline. So yes, you are correct. You will see an increase in those first-time home buyers. But the move up buyers, for the reasons that we had discussed, Mm-hmm. should become more active as the difference between the mortgage rate that they'd be giving up and the mortgage rate that they take on in the new home is reduced as well as their income increasing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, what should LOs uh, be focusing on this year with, with you know, if they are um, looking forward? Is it more product diversity, more marketing, building up referral sources? What can they do right now to prepare what's going to happen mid-year? Well, you, you mentioned all good things, right? So you're, you're, you know, very smart items you all meant, you mentioned there, Katie. So you're right on every one of those points. But if you look back to 2020 or 2021, you're really more concerned with process. Okay. So uh, how do I get all these transactions and fund them correctly, fund them quickly, get as much done as I can? But today it's about taking market share as well as being out there. And, and, and being able to market yourself. So that's what this is all about. So I want to get more opportunities in the top of the funnel, but then I want to be smart enough and wise enough to 
convert those conversations into applications. So how do we do that? Mm -hmm. One is, you know, with you have to be able to speak about these topics. So think about the gift we've been given. You can look at Google Trends and look at some of the most searched terms on Google Trends. What are they? You said them. Recession, inflation, the Fed, and housing bubble. Mm -hmm. Now, if we can speak to those, we can get a lot of media. We can get a lot of social media activity. And we can draw people to the top of the funnel with that. But we can also have conversations that are more meaningful to our clients and overcome their fears. We can also gain more referral sources because potentially those real estate agents don't know how to combat those objections. So being on top of your game and really understanding that stuff, that will help you get the top of the funnel. But then when it comes to conversion, now we have to articulate the opportunity in our local market because what people really want to know is, hey, am I making the right decision to buy this home? Is there a housing bubble? It, 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 what, what, what's going to happen here to my investment? You know, I remember the stories about 2008 and 2009. Is that going to happen again? What caused it and what's going to happen? So being really sharp on your ability to articulate the differences mm-hmm. and make your, make, allow your customers to see the opportunity, that's what's going to cause you to win in the year ahead because a lot of people aren't going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So coming off articulate, kind of like as the voice of reason, should get people over the fence and into and more ready for buying. Yeah, but you can't bullshit that either, right? You can't you can't give what you don't have. You have to really be on top of your game and have the knowledge and wisdom to then articulate that. And you can read what other experts have to say in this month's issue of Mortgage Banker Magazine, available now at mortgagebankermag.com. The Originator Connect Network, the nation's largest producer of mortgage events, is about fostering a community founded on professionalism, collaboration, and personal and professional growth, connecting you to the story of your success. This has been The Principle, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Kutamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygates. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.